0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 478 of the Juicebox podcast. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with Jennifer. She's the mom of a child with type 1 diabetes living overseas. I guess overseas if you live here, if you live there, then I'm overseas. That's not the point. They don't live in America. And the diagnosis story that she's going to share with us about her child is, in fact, the most harrowing that I've ever heard, and that's saying something. I think you're going to enjoy this episode, the conversation is terrific, she's terrific, great conversation, but my goodness, wait, 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 are you here? While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Real quick, if you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip series, they're available at diabetesprotip.com, where they begin at episode 210, right there in your podcast player. And if you're listening in a podcast player, please follow and subscribe. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor and by the Omnipod Tubeless Insulin Pump. You can find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash at omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. And to get started with the Dexcom G6 or to learn more, you're going to want to go to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. And when you're finished with all that, head on over to TouchedByType1.org and see what they're up to. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. Links to these and all of the sponsors are available right there in the show notes of your podcast player and at JuiceboxPodcast.com.
1: Hi, my name is Jen. I am the mom of two girls. One is three and one is six. And Nora is the one who has type 1 diabetes.
0: And how old is Nora? She's six. She's the six.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, she'll be seven here in a few months. So gosh, I don't know where time goes. Tell me when she was diagnosed. She was diagnosed when she was three and a half. Oh, okay. Um, so we've been doing this for, for almost three years now. Wow.
0: Isn't it funny? You've been doing it for like two and a half years. And you're like three years, five, 10. Feels like a while now.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Like it, I at it, one point it felt like we couldn't get through the day. Like it was just, it, it took forever to understand and, and then it, and then it didn't, then it's just, now it's part of life.
0: When did that happen? The changeover between this is untenable to it's part of my life.
1: Probably when we got good at it and like by good, I mean, we understood what was happening. So we didn't always like the results, but like we, we understood why, why, why we were, why what was happening. What was going on? Is, isn't
0: that an interesting distinction?
1: Yeah, it is. It's a big distinction because I I like I don't freak out when she's high and I know why or she's low and I know why. Whereas before it was, I don't know, there's I feel like there's a lot of common phrases like, well, you know, it's diabetes and and what can you do? Um and 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 I felt that way. I was totally there uh in the beginning and um through through much of the very beginning of it and and now, yeah, there might be moments I'm like, wow, well, I wonder what this could be. And eventually I'll be able to figure it out. I might not know in the moment, but I'll know eventually. It was a growth. Oh, she's getting sick. Um, oh, she did have a few extra Skittles at school today that I didn't know about or whatever, you know.
0: <laughs> I think it gets exciting when you look at the, you have a Dexcom G6 and you're using Tandem Pump. Is that right? Correct. I have you, I have your yes, department. that's right. Okay. I, I'm excited when I look down At the CGM and I look at the line and in a split second, my brain goes, Oh, that pump site's going bad. And I actually know what that looks like.
1: I'm getting there. Um, yeah, this is, um, I don't know. I feel like I was there a while ago and this whole lockdown, we are actually in Amman, Jordan. And so we've had some pretty strict lockdowns over here and, um, the inactivity has been shockingly difficult for us more um, insulin. to see her, to see her change, her activity level changes and her blood sugar just kind of revolts against sitting and, and not going outside as much. Uh,
0: so she needs more insulin, I'm guessing, for the sedentary lifestyle?
1: Yeah, she does. But she also then has a lot more weird lows. Like so that the minute she does something that's exciting. And at this point, even online learning is exciting. Um, Well, I mean, it's great. Like she's in first grade. They're doing some fantastic stuff. But um, the minute she stops doing whatever is exciting, whether it's Seeing a friend for a few minutes or being online, and she just drops like she just drops. Her body just stops, and and so she's having some weird lows lately too. So in addition to some highs because of the extra insulin she's needed, um, she's having lots of drops that we hadn't seen in quite some time.
0: I would expect and guess that you're using so much extra, probably basal and um, maybe even boluses for that that inactivity because our body's not exercising and not moving and not using the insulin more efficiently that it's, I, I, I wonder how to like put it into a picture, I guess, but it, it, to me, it's the difference between, um, football in the, in the forties and football today. Uh, meaning if you, if you look at offensive linemen, this is going to be a strange thing, but do you watch football at all or have I lost you already?
1: No, no, you got me in here.
0: Okay. Okay, So, so (laughs) offensive linemen, back in the day were just these big doughy guys who stood up and were a wall of life and they just kind of stood there and you couldn't get around them. And okay. now everyone's such an athlete, right? Like they're, they're carved down to like bone and muscle and they're, you know, they're, they do things now that are absolutely crazy. And I think of that sort of similarly, meaning that when you're very sedentary and kind of doughy and slow you just need this ton of insulin to hold down your blood sugar. This just big, lazy, like flop, like a weighted blanket on top of you of insulin. But when you start moving, everything starts being more efficient. And now suddenly your body doesn't need all of that insulin that's in there. And then whew, you slam down low. And is that? And I a- totally,
1: yeah. yeah, I get that. Except for I'm talking about like, because we we're able to go outside. We're not totally locked down except for one day a week here. We're, we're physically able to go outside for most of the time. So we can go ride our bikes. We can go for walks. Um, she has these dance videos on TV. She likes to, to do to keep active inside. But I'm talking about when she's at school from nine to two thirty online with very little like there are breaks and things and it's first grade. So there's a little bit of activity, but not much when the school day ends or her activity ends. So like she's done with her work and she has maybe an hour break. She'll hmm. drop for that break.
0: Wow. Uh, stress, anxiety.
1: Yeah. And that's what I think it is. That's yeah. what I like. I'm, I'm coming to the realization that this is because we've only been doing two weeks, three weeks of online learning oh. and I'm watching it. And, and it's it's we, we were lucky we we were doing well here for the longest time. So she was in school. Uh, last year, it closed down a little bit, and then she was she started school end of August, and she had been in school until a few weeks ago.
0: Then I want to amend and, my my answer slightly, meaning maybe it's not as much about the activity as is it about the the whirl of life and like the stress and anxiety of listening and paying attention to focusing, or just maybe doing something she's not completely comfortable with. So she's got more of a maybe an adrenaline or an anxiety high that you're fighting with insulin. And then all of a sudden when that goes away, that would make sense why it drops even more quickly because that yeah. just like adrenaline yeah, would can go away sense. in a split second. It's interesting.
1: It is, yeah. but it's hard to predict when it's going to happen because it's not something that I'm watching. I can't like, I can't know if she's going to write her assignment and, 20 minutes or an hour. And so when she says she's done, I I know it because I see her blood sugar at this point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know you're done because I'm running around the house looking for juice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. We've actually have a diabetes drawer in her at home desk, which has Skittles right there. I'm like, go for it. You know what you need.
0: (laughs) I wonder if you don't choose a number of Skittles and try one day as soon as school ends, she pops the Skittles in her mouth and see what happens.
1: That's what I think we're going to go to. We've talked about maybe doing a snack uh, a few minutes before school ends, like maybe 15, 20 minutes before school ends. She just has, has a little snack and we'll, we'll see. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe that will be a good solution because it's, it's now regular enough that I know it's coming. I just don't, I don't quite know how to place it yet, but we're going to try a few things to see if we can sort that out.
0: I have an interview coming up this weekend. Um, that'll be out with, um, a concert cellist. Her name's Alyssa Weilerstein, and mm-hmm. she told me a story while we were talking about her husband getting surgery and how her blood sugar just shot up the entire time he was in surgery and would not come down no matter how much insulin she gave herself until she knew he was okay. See that? Yeah, so, stress
1: stress is hard. Yeah, and and it's it's fascinating because I can see it. I was um, shocked when she went back to school because um, they were they were back but with with masks and with like plexiglass in between the kids and very much sitting down and I finally I was there and I, I sat in class with them for maybe the third day or fourth day because I'm like something's different this year like she's needing more insulin and it's not working so hey, we've changed her pump we've done a whole bunch of things and and I looked and they don't have the the, the socialness they don't have the moving they don't have the the yep. interactions that cause, you to move during the day. And I use, hadn't thought about that.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it, it happens to, I think everyone almost, and it's whether or not you see it or not, whether you can step back and, and see the causality. And it's cool that you did. It's just, and you'll figure it out. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's more insulin and then, um, finding a, a better way of stopping the low before it happens, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. And that's where we are that, that we started, we started a few different choices and, and they're not, they're not quite there yet. We've got a little bit more tweaking to do, but I have no doubt we will get there.
0: Cool.
1: We always, we always have, so we'll keep plugging away.
0: So we have to, um, figure a couple of things out here. Uh, one is you seem to live, but you have a pretty, um, you have a pretty white lady name, but you live somewhere else, so I'm trying yes, to figure no, out. no, it's, it's
1: true. I, I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and, and we. I haven't lived in America really since I was 18.
0: I have to tell you, had you told me you were born in Pittsburgh, I wouldn't have asked if you knew what football was. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, no, I was born in the 80s in Pittsburgh, so yes, I know what football yeah, is.
0: No kidding.
1: Uh, my parents have made sure of that.
0: So. <laughs> How do you leave the country at 18? Are you running uh, from the law those, quickly, Jennifer? That's all I need to know. No, no. Okay.
1: thankfully, no, no. <laughs> the um, You know those those career days at school um, and somebody comes in and talks to you about it. And this guy said he just up and left at 18 and he went to study in Grenoble in France. And he um, loved his life of traveling. And I came home and I told my dad. I had my acceptance letter ready to go into UW in Washington State. And... Um, He's like, well, you could do that. And it really caused me to pause. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe I could. Yeah. <laughs> so I found it, I found a university and I, and I went to university in, in France and tried to come back for a little bit of time to America after that. And it it it, it didn't work. Hmm. We're we're lots of years later and I'm still abroad.
0: So do you speak French fluently from that experience?
1: At one point it was, it was good. Um, but that was a long time ago. I graduated in 2004. Okay. Um, and yes, I speak enough to get by on a vacation whenever we could travel again. Um, I wouldn't call it fluent gotcha. <laughs> anymore. It, there just has been so little practice and we're working on another language now since we're in the middle East. Right. So Arabic is tricky.
0: So a couple of things, first of all, your dad seems like a special guy to say that so freely you know because I, I've had those moments where Arden's like she's like do you think I could go and go to France and study fashion and we're like yeah of course but what you mean is no please stay here <laughs> but you don't say it you <laughs> well,
1: know <laughs> right I mean I don't think I fully realized that what he said how how hard that must have been yeah. until I had kids and I'm like wow like you want the best for them but man that that was a that was a big thing he said, and and I don't know if he intended it to hit me so profoundly, right. um, but it did.
0: Imagine he he just walks into to the other room <laughs> and says to your mom. Pfft, she just saw the dad and I just did out there. I told her, of course <laughs> you can go to France. She'll never go. It's no big deal. Uh, but, <laughs> but you don't realize growing up in Pittsburgh make you want to get out of Pittsburgh sometimes too. So we're just wherever you grow up, you know, like you're in a yeah. place and it seems small. It's and- true.
1: Yeah. I was only in Pittsburgh for a few months. Um, and then I, I grew up in Washington state. No kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, and it's not that I loved where I grew up. I loved, you know, I, the hardest part obviously is being so far away from my family um but i i absolutely love it i love being abroad i love i love my family i love the that we've the life we've created in all these random but not random places and i don't know
0: it's cool where it's did you meet? where did you meet your husband in paris okay but he wasn't from france either
1: no no that was the one thing my grandma said she's like don't go to France and meet a French guy and move to France but no he's he's actually from Yemen so um when we got married I moved to Yemen
0: you your grandmother should have more specifically said don't go to France meet a guy from Yemen and move to Jordan
1: <laughs> well right I know it's true like I, nobody could have predicted any of okay. the craziness that had happened once I I got my acceptance into France um to university there But yeah.
0: That's really something. Okay. How long have you guys been together?
1: Uh, I'm, I was in Paris when we were in Paris, uh, 2002 to 2005.
0: Okay. So you've been married. You were married a, a good bit before you had children then too.
1: Well, yeah, I, um, we, he worked for a while and I actually decided that I wanted to live in America and work and, and that was the direction we were going, So I went back to America and I I got a job and I loved it and it was fantastic. And then I decided to get my master's degree and what better opportunity to go abroad than that. So I went to the University of Edinburgh in Scotland uh, for my master's and I haven't been back to America since except for vacations. We decided to get married as soon as I graduated and that's when I moved to Yemen. Wow. So
0: Jen, you have wanderlust.
1: I do, yeah. don't
0: I? No kidding. This
1: this this lockdown without traveling is driving me bonkers.
0: Well, that's what I was going to get to. Is that <laughs> so? Uh, are you in a spacious palace uh, over there? So it's not so bad. I, I started having this thought yesterday. I live in what I think would be a um, a fairly modest home in America, and I have uh, had a mattress that my we bought. We got my mom a mattress. She didn't like it, and I didn't have the heart to just toss it. I couldn't find anybody who wanted it. I drove the mattress from my mom to my house. I'm storing it here, and two weekends ago, I say to myself, we don't have the space for this mattress. I'm going to have to toss this mattress in the garbage. No one will take it, and as I do that, my brother says, hey, I could use that mattress for my daughter. I was like, oh, that's great. So my brother had moved recently and I hadn't been to his place yet. I took him the mattress yesterday and I got there and thought, Oh my gosh, his place is so much smaller than mine. And then I noticed that he and, you know, his um well he's not married, but his partner, um, they're both working in a room together. There's two computers oh, set up, and I'm like, oh boy, like I wonder how long that's like, forget my brother, like. How long is that going to work for anybody, <laughs> you know?
1: Right. It's yeah. true. We, um, we set Nora up, we got our desk and put it in my office and, and, and there are times I'm like, why? Like we all need space. And, and we did, thankfully we have enough space to kind of have everybody do their own, their own thing most of the time. Um, um, uh, but we're missing the outdoors for sure. Yeah. We have.
0: So I, I found myself complaining that we were all in separate rooms doing something. And now I feel lucky that we have separate rooms. Um, yeah. Uh, and, but Tell me about the the protocols that you're living under. How how do they, because you said one day a week, you can, like, how does it all work there? You know what you need? Peace of mind. You need comfort. You need a little respite. What can offer that to you? Well, in my opinion, the data that comes back the dexcom g6 continuous glucose monitor now why is that well if you're using insulin if you have type 1 or type 2 diabetes or you love someone who does being able to see the speed and direction and number of that person's blood sugar is invaluable let me tell you a little more my daughter had a breakfast this morning and we missed a little bit on it you know what i mean like it's been a couple of hours now and her blood sugar is still 135 And I've been able to see over the last 45 minutes that there's just no more impact from the insulin that we used. So we very comfortably gave her more to move this 135 number somewhere where we're more comfortable. It wasn't just 135, by the way. It was 135 and steady, stable, not falling or dropping. The Dexcom showed me that. It showed me how long it had been stable. And then you get confidence from that information. You think, all right, this really is some stability. Stability. This looks like where we're we're at now, 135. I'm going to do something about it. Now, without the Dexcom, I might be thinking, I don't know, this still could go down, or maybe it's going to, I don't know, like I'm going to wait and see, but I don't do a lot of waiting and seeing since we found Dexcom. I'm seeing my daughter's blood sugar on my iPhone. You could also see it on yours or your Android phone, and you can share that data with up to 10 followers of your choosing. Check it out, dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Sometimes you want to do something, but you just can't bring yourself to make a change. I understand that. And so does Omnipod. That's why they're offering some of you a free, no obligation trial of the Omnipod Dash that lasts for 30 days, a 30 day free trial. You may be eligible. Head over right now to find out omnipod.com forward slash juice box can you imagine of course you can you mean 30 days you know how long that is anyway you get this this little what are we going to call it trial right and you give it a whirl 30 days is enough time to decide i like this i don't like this let me find out you know how i feel no pressure maybe just like "Ah, i don't want it and then that's okay or maybe you do want it and that's great now you know choice is is what you should have. Choice is what Omnipod wants you to have. And they want you to be able to make a decision without a lot of pressure or that feeling like, oh, I don't want to make this big decision and then not like it. What if I do? What if I don't? Like, you shouldn't have to feel like that. Just head over to Omnipod.com forward slash juice and see if you're eligible for the free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. That's the way to get started. If you're not looking for a big 30-day trial, Omnipod also offers a free no-obligation demo. It's just one non-functioning pod that you can actually wear just to see how you feel about it. There's a lot of options over there at omnipod.com forward slash juicebox, and I would like it very much if you went and took advantage of them. Don't forget while you're out on the internet, getting your Omnipod, get your Dexcom that you should be checking out touched by type1.org and finding them on Instagram and Facebook. They're a great organization doing wonderful things for people with type 1 diabetes, and all they've asked me to tell you is that they'd like it for you to know that and for you to check them out at touchedbytype1.org.
1: They've put in some restrictions um, and they, they started a while ago and then they were lifted because we were doing great. Like people were concerned here when there were 20 cases a day and it was nothing, like compared to the world and to what I saw with my family in America or, or even anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the restrictions all got lifted and then, and then as of not that long ago, um, the cases just started going up. So they've started to put some new restrictions in. So they closed down, um, schools for a while. It was, uh, fourth grade and above, uh, and then kindergarten through third grade, I think, and 12th grade were allowed to be on campus. And then, um, and that went on for, I think a few weeks and then, I want to say two weeks ago now or three weeks ago now they shut down all of the schools. Nurseries are allowed to stay open, but schools are closed down. And then um, I think at that point is when they decided that um, Friday uh, weekends here are Friday, Saturday. So Friday um, there's a 24 hour, Curfew essentially. Wow. So there's a curfew in, in the night every night. Uh, I, think, I can't remember exactly what. I'm not a night person, so it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't for me. you like it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's either eleven or twelve o'clock at night. It's not like I'm going to go sit in a cafe right now, anyways, with everything else going on. Um, but eleven or twelve at night to six a.m. Uh, is there's a curfew, and then every Friday for twenty four hours there's a curfew. Wow. So that means you're not allowed to leave your property.
0: Gotcha. Wow.
1: And we have an apartment, so.
0: You're not leaving an apartment.
1: Just, well, we're not like, we're just, like, we can go run around in the garage and do some bubbles on the roof, but we're not going to go for a walk. We're not going to do anything else like that.
0: Is it working? Are numbers going the other way?
1: Uh, for a while it was. And, and now it's, it, things are are going a little more about 2025 20, between 2000 and 2,500 cases a day, I think, and 30 ish deaths, which I get is still good compared to a lot of different countries. But for the majority of the time, it was a bad day if there were 50 cases and no deaths.
0: Right. And now there so, are thousands.
1: Yeah. So there's there's been a significant change. And I know that they're doing what they can to to try to sort it all out while not completely destroying the economy. And I applaud them for that, for all the governments, honestly, because there's just so much balance that has to be happening right now yeah. with everybody wanting different things.
0: So was your daughter, or were both your daughters born in Jordan?
1: No, Sonora was born when we were living in Yemen, but we didn't have her in Yemen. We we went back to America for that. Um and then Dahlia, the three-year-old, was born here.
0: What are their first languages? English. Okay. English. So you guys you guys But speak.
1: they're but they're learning Arabic. Um yeah, yeah. No, my husband, if if you were to have him like just talk right now to you. He, you would not guess that he had an accent from a country. Okay. I mean, he can put it on obviously. And and he will sound like he has an accent if he tries, but I wouldn't have assumed that he grew up outside of America if I hadn't asked him.
0: So you guys are learning the language because you're, because you feel like you're going to stay and that they're going to grow up there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's their family too. Like he's, um, it's, it's half of them who they are is an Arabic speaking people. So they, they need, and that's how they would communicate. I mean, obviously his family's fantastic and they, they all know English. So they, they talk far too much English just to, to learn our Arabic very well. Um, but that's, it's lovely. Cause then we, the girls don't aren't isolated because of a language. Um, so they, they're learning. No, We're all learning.
0: Terrific. How is it? Um, how does the healthcare system work there? What's the process?
1: Uh, it's pretty great. Well, um, if you're comparing it to America, it's fantastic. We're lucky to be here. Um, coming from Yemen, we have access to things, which is so important, especially for Nora now. Um, we don't have to worry about getting the technology or whatever else. Um, so insulin here is, uh, equates to about $25 a vial. Um, you don't need insurance. You don't need a prescription. You just go in and say what you need. I need Nova Rapid. And they give you, how many do you need? Do you want some ice with that? It's literally like that simple. Hmm. Um, it takes me back. Like, it's a huge culture shock going to America when we're there for the summer or for a holiday or whatever. And they're like, "But well, your prescription hasn't been renewed yet. Or you have to call this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, you have to prove that you still have diabetes. Like, it's not going away. Like, why Why do you have to keep proving it? But and I get that. There's a whole bunch of other things. Hmm you have to do that but um, things are available here obviously you can have test strips you can have um, like good meters there's uh, Dexcom uh, Medtronic are both here obviously uh, we you know that we're on a tandem um, and we have chosen to do that because we love the fact that you can just upgrade with an online um, uh, update Yeah. so that you don't have to be anywhere particularly in the world you just have to have the prescription from the doctor so Nora does have two endocrinologists. She has the one here that we see when we're here, um, who is fantastic, uh, pretty hands off, but but there when we need her in a pinch, there when we have any questions, and then a doctor in America that we see once a year, and we get our prescriptions so that we can uh, maintain. technology that we like Um, because while there is Dexcom here they're on um, G4 and G5 actually although I know I think they just said that they're phasing out the G4 finally Um, and Medtronic is also one one generation behind I think they've got the 640 it's even different from what it's 640 or 630 I know there's a little bit different because it's the European version.
0: Wow that's interesting that Um, you can kind of balance those two worlds and end up getting what you need out of it.
1: Yeah, it, like I gotta tell you, like I have a phone with an American SIM card that's on all the time. In addition to my Jordanian SIM card, and I get random calls at the middle of the night. Excuse me, it's time for you to reorder this, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. This is the night I need to I need to be up and do my American insurance or ordering or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I mean, we're doing this because it's the best care for Nora, and we're we're lucky to be able to do that and to have the ability to 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 maneuver between the two worlds, yeah. but. Uh,
0: well, does healthcare a lot of work, does healthcare funnel through employment there? Or does it, does everyone have it? And you just, there's a certain amount you pay. How does that part work?
1: Uh, there would be healthcare for everybody here if you were Jordanian. Um, but because we are not, we have private insurance now because we are American living in a, a, a Middle Eastern country or for that matter, Europe, like they kind of all bundle together. A lot of the times, if you're trying to get everything together, our insurance is, is strange. It's it's very, it's very complicated. And it, it turns out to be more like travel insurance for me and the girls um because we want to include America. And because because we need that bit, we're there, we we go to visit my family in the summer. Uh, because we need that bit in America if the girls were to break their leg or <laughs> like like in Nora's case, God forbid we have to ground a plane because somebody's diagnosed with this new disease. Um we need it to cover us kind of everywhere. No so, um, we, we renew it every year and, um, hope it keeps on going at this point. It's, it's my April stress every year just to make sure that it, it continues. Cause I know that we can't necessarily be covered as, um, what we want worldwide. If we get it strictly from America and they, they will not cover us from over here. And if we try to get it through a company, then it's like ridiculously expensive. So
0: Wow. That's a lot. So it must be great living there. If you guys are willing to do all that, you must really love it. No, no,
1: no. There's huge trade-offs. Like we love living here where we're, we're thankful to be in a place because my husband still does go back and forth for his job in Yemen. So we tried being in America and and the 12 hour time zone change or the 10 or whatever it is when you have daylight savings time to the, to the West coast is, um, is really hard. It like, it's too far away. Hmm. So we are, we're happy to be here in a place that has welcomed us. Um, and it's, uh, can't speak highly enough about Jordan.
0: That's amazing. So you, you basically can't live in America for one of the reasons because your husband can't work then because the time shift is too different.
1: Well, no, he, he, um, he goes to Yemen. So he, um, still travels for six weeks, two months, uh, uh, at a time and he'll go work in Yemen oh, wow. and then uh, so if we want to talk to him at all um, or if we want to see him or the kids I mean I can stay awake and figure things out but the kids um, obviously with a 12-hour time zone change it is really hard in America to get those talks meaningful and it's, it's there's too much traveling involved to try to get like it's a three-hour flight from here right. to yeah. there so it's it's possible to do I wouldn't say simply, especially right now, but it's possible to do much less complicated. I see. I, re- I um, do understand that.
0: I'm just trying to imagine now your kids at like three in the morning, like you're holding the phone in front of their face, like, say hi to daddy. And they're like, hey, hey, hey. yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> It would. I'm assuming it would be a lot like if we have to give Nora juice in the middle of the night where she's got like half an eye open and she looks at me like, what do you think you're doing? Yeah um and then she rolls over and she's like yeah i'll see you later mom
0: <laughs> yeah i stopped asking many years ago do you remember having a juice last night that doesn't nobody remembers no
1: that. <laughs> no the only like the only time i know she remembers is if it was particularly a bad night and she has to go to the bathroom because then she'll wake up she'll go to the bathroom she'll come and be like mom did we have a lot of juice tonight <laughs> i'm like yeah sorry it's bad night honey <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. It's funny. Arden only has to pee overnight if her blood sugar is high, not if it's been low. I guess she, she must have a tank somewhere she puts that juice in. So, uh,
1: Well, and it, like I said, it doesn't happen much. But if we completely do something wrong, it was a new food or whatever, and she's just low for an extended period of time, it actually sometimes will take her quite a bit of juice to come up. Okay. Um, so, and I, I just think she she just goes to the bathroom a lot. So. <laughs>
0: Listen, I'm one of those people. If I'm up, I might as well go. I, I just I figure, you know, what the heck? I maybe she's in the same part uh feeling.
1: Makes so, sense to me.
0: Yeah, no kidding, right? You're already in that direction. Well, how did you find like how did you locate the podcast and has it helped you at all?
1: So yes, it has helped me um a lot. So Nora was diagnosed in a very strange way, but the way back to here, where we lived permanently in Jordan, um, it took us some time to get here. And then the rules for food and the rules for diagnosing or not diagnosing, but for, for managing. Um, Cause we were in three countries before we finally got back here. We were in Canada, we were in America and we were here. And they all had different versions of how they should be handled. And nobody was willing to kind of, Walk us through the huge details, although they were all very kind and very, you know, generous with what they wanted, but they're like, but you need to find what works for you wherever you're gonna be with whatever technology or things you can have. So we didn't have a fantastically solid start to diabetes. Um and then, okay, so then and and we and we were doing fine-ish. We kind of got through for about a year. And then we had to renew the insurance, and they, they denied Nora. They said her A1C was too high, and it was unreasonable for them to try to – it wasn't an American company, and it was something else that we were trying to do. And and I was like, but our doctors say she's doing well. Like, she had a seven-ish, seven-and-a-half-ish A1C. It wasn't awful. Um,
0: so the insurance and, company used her A1C to try to deny insurance?
1: Yeah, but and it- and it, and to be honest, like – it has, it took me a long time to be okay. Like I feel like her diagnosis was really hard on me. Um, it, It was a really, it was, it took me a long time to be okay with thinking about it with, 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 with everything. So I, I just kind of, we got by for a long time and our doctors were saying that we were doing okay, that there were things we could do better. And then she was denied insurance. And I was like, no, like, yeah okay we can manage here we can we can spend 25 JD because at that point I think she was using like half a vial or she was on a pen at that point so we were using like half a pen a month like there was no insulin being used in such a tiny little body right um but I'm like but the doctor's saying we're okay so why is this person not saying we're okay and somehow it clicked at that point that there might be more I could do for some reason I hadn't thought like the doctors were just saying you keep going you're doing fine and as they do and, and they're very you know supportive and everything. So then we, then I started looking and I found, um, I found sugar surfing actually. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, well, this is interesting. We had never thought about some of the concepts of managing a little bit more fluidly um, or concepts like giving insulin before the kid eats um, and then making it up. If, if something goes wrong with a young kid who suddenly doesn't want to finish you know, their spaghetti or whatever. Um, and so it got me thinking and that's at that point, that's when we kind of dropped into the fives for her a one C, And we've been that way now for a uh, year and a half or two years. Gotcha. And, but I still feel like I still feel like, and this was maybe five, four months ago, five months ago in the beginning of the, um, when she first came home from, so last March, um, she was going low a lot. And at that point I realized that we were masking perhaps a lot of what was happening at school with whatever was happening. Like it just like it was life. We just kept kind of pushing through and there was a lot of room for improvement. So while she had a pretty good standard deviation, she was low a lot more than I was comfortable with. And I think the juice was causing some other issues with her, maybe with her eating or with some other stuff. Like she was just full cause she was being bumped a lot. And so I, um, then I started looking, I'm like, okay, so there's got to be maybe some more information out there that I'm missing. And that's when I found the podcast and started trying to figure out what we can do to, um, to bring, to, to bring down her lows, like not bring down, but, you know, like reduce the amount of lows that she's having the amount of essentially what I cared about was making sure that she wasn't having too much juice or Skittles. Yeah. Looking
0: for more stability. Jen, you have been on a, what's the time? like frame for that like how long did all that take which like everything you just said (laughs) is it a year of your life to get from a to b was it two years how long did that like benora was
1: diagnosed five weeks after dahlia was born okay okay Um, hold on
0: hold on hold on Slow down. There we go. Um, so five weeks after your second daughter's born, your first daughter's diagnosed, because you said it was hard on you and you were it sounds like you were struggling. Can we talk about that for a minute? Like the
1: struggle you had? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So we um we we come every summer. We we ever since we moved abroad, that was kind of our deal that we would still spend the summers with my family because you know, we miss them. And that that gives us a good chunk of time to be in America. I can go visit my grandma or my sister, whoever. Um, so we were on our way to America, um with a five week old baby. And here, let me like rewind a minute because we did go to a doctor here. We did notice that Nora was acting strange. like she was drinking a little bit more. She had an accident here or there, despite being potty trained. Um, and the doctor here said she was fine, like that she was jealous of the new baby. Um And so we're like, well, my God, I'm tired. Like she's a doctor; she's certified in America. Like she must know what she's talking about. And we'll we'll get through this, and we'll go do our annual checkup in America with the doctor there. And um, so Omar put us on a plane, and I was by myself with the two girls. And Nora went into DKA somewhere between London and Phoenix over a huge body of water. Oh my God! And <sighs> she was. She, we knew she wasn't feeling fantastic, but I just figured it was maybe nerves, or I don't know. If we sure, no,
0: there's a understand. lot
1: going on, and so we just kind of, we kind of were like, "No, let's just push through." On the other end is Grandma Grandpa. We'll we'll just take a nap on the airplane and watch some cool movies. And she's like, "Yeah, sure, Mom." And then I don't know, two or three hours after this is a ten-hour flight after takeoff, Uh, she just stopped responding, kind of. Um. She, uh, yeah, she just kind of it, it didn't look okay. Um, and she threw up a couple times on the airplane and we were lucky. Actually, the head of Phoenix Children's Hospital was on the airplane with us. and he came over and he checked her. And nobody was telling me actually what was going on, mm-hmm. but they're like, so I think it might be time for us to land the plane early. And the first place we can land the plane is in Canada and I think it's about two hours away. We're too far to go back and we're not there yet. So hold tight and we're gonna get as fast as we can to, to Canada, to the first place we can land. And so we did, we landed in Canada. And I, I, I like, I don't even remember the name of the city anymore. Like I, I, there were several things that I blocked out cause literally it was like me and my, my two girls on this airplane. Ready to go to Phoenix and like we are in our t-shirts and is a hundred degrees in Phoenix. And they're like, okay, so we have a couple things we need to tell you. First of all, it's literally freezing outside, and you guys are in t-shirts. So here's some blankets. Here, like we're gonna wrap you guys in these until you can get into the hospital. Although I, I don't remember being cold, but I know brand new baby. Like that wasn't brilliant. Um, and then second of all, you have to have A car seat for your second kid, for the baby. Like, we're in Canada. You can't just hold her in the ambulance Mm -hmm. when we land, and we can't find your car seat. So, I need you to tell me whether you want to go in the ambulance with Nora or you want to wait here with Dahlia till we find her car seat. And I was like, wow. Like,
0: that's what that who movie's makes, about, you know
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah right yeah. Who, who makes that choice and, yeah. and, and, and I mean thankfully they, they did find it and and then we made it to the hospital in this this small town and I mean, we did- got there and they looked at me and they're like, so do you have diabetes in the family? And I'm like, oh, what's going on? Like mm-hmm. what's going on? And, and she told me like she told me that Nora has type 1 and and I'm like, is she gonna be okay? she's like, I hope so.
0: Was she unconscious at that point?
1: She was unconscious at that point. Um, and it took her about 12 hours to regain consciousness. Um, and so then once, when she was conscious, I knew that would be fine. But we were in this teeny tiny hospital. I don't know. On the edge of Canada is the best I can describe it. Cause I mean, it was beautiful, flat blue sky, snow on the ground, but we were, we were inside like for two or because th- the, the first little bit we were there and just trying to make sure that Nora could pull through and she's a fighter. So we're, she's always been a fighter. Jen, so I, she did. She,
0: can I tell you, this is the, and I'm, I mean this, I don't mean this poorly, but this is the most like viscerally disturbing diagnosis story anybody's ever told. Like I'm vibrating and, I now understand why I love submarine movies so much and um I I just did an interview with somebody last week who who was diagnosed during a heroin bender and so I'm just like
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah,
0: make sure you listen to that one by the way. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah. But but um but seriously it, it, the it's the I mean not that this is uh any stretch for anyone listening but it's the being on the plane thing over the ocean. Yeah. And understanding yeah, it, it, what DKA is, I'm like, oh my God, that kid could have just died on that plane. That's yeah. insane.
1: Yeah. Well, and then yeah, there was there 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 was a lot of things that I learned afterward that I'm very happy I didn't know before. Cause there like I said, there really isn't type one in my family, although my great uncle, so my grandma's brother did have type one. Um, but I we didn't talk about it and it never came to my mind at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is thyroid. So I I get how it could happen, but I, but it's not close enough that I would have ever put signs together and having the doctor tell us that she's just jealous. Like I didn't think much of it. Um, I was just kind of bracing myself for this, this huge kind of 24 hour plane travel with these two small girls. And I don't know, I like, it took me a long time to get over the parts that were hard because you can choose i mean because then there was a snowstorm and we couldn't leave a small hospital because we had to be airlifted to the big hospital but because we we're coming from a foreign country we'd be quarantined for MERS or SARS or something i don't remember at the time um, and then once we got to the big hospital that's when my dad could finally get there so i was two or three days alone with these these, these two girls one hooked up to every possible tube and the other one mostly peacefully asleep thank god with Lots of lovely, lovely people who would just kind of do whatever for Mm -hmm. her.
0: Do you so? Um, Do you think that this situation? By the way, your episode is going to be called "DKA on a Plane." In case you're wondering.
1: uh, (laughs) Okay, good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I'm just seeing Sam Jackson running around looking for insulin, and there's snakes falling everywhere. This is how it's going to go. No, but the
1: thing is, on the plane, nobody told me. I I could not get out of them. I'm like, so what is happening? And he's like, I'm not prepared to say anything quite yet. And I think it was probably to maintain my sanity before we got on the plane. But I did not know that this is what they were thinking, that anybody had a good idea what was going on.
0: The doctor from – Children's Hospital didn't ask anybody for a meter. You didn't see them test her blood sugar or nothing like that? No,
1: no, he did. He did. Oh. Um, and I didn't put it together. Oh, okay. And it was a meter from the UK. And so her blood sugar appeared low, but he didn't know it was from the UK. And she's he's American, so there was some juice given. Like, it was, it was really – like, now I look back at it, and there was some things. that was just – it was really hard all around.
0: Wow. Wow. That's all crazy. Um, Jesus, I swear to you, I've heard 500 people tell me how they or their children have gotten diabetes, that those initial things. And I am no lie. I've never felt so stressed out in my entire life while somebody was telling me that. I've never felt like what people would consider triggered nowadays by any story that's been told to me on this podcast. But I started like, I got nervous and, and warm while you were talking about it and my chest got tight i was like oh jesus and i knew the kid was okay by the way and yeah I, was... but, I mean
1: you know we, we're here we're here talking about diabetes so yeah she did pull through yeah. like but 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 like it's taken me a long time to get here to want to talk about well, it. well that's that's there what were... i
0: was going to ask you next is that 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 scenario that situation those few days had to i'll just bleep this out that had to f- you up pretty good right
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah it did okay <laughs> it, did, it did it did really well and then we got you know and then we got to him like I can like, I remember that the phone call that when we finally landed the plane and my t- phone turned on and I had reception I'm like my god I gotta call Omar and say he just put us on a plane but we're five hours early sorry my husband yeah um and and tell him that we're actually in Canada and our daughter is on an ambulance and I've got no idea why and then I had to call my mom and say you know <sighs> sorry mom we're actually still in Canada like I don't know what else to tell you um so yeah like but then I think back and like I like I don't know how I must have given my phone number out at some point but like there was this one lady on the plane that just told Dahlia for like five hours she's like no no no. you have a lot going on like I'll just I'll hold your baby so that she doesn't cry right. um and she did and the guy next to me he's like well I can get your bags off in London or in a uh, in phoenix and like i'll call your mom and we'll like sort out whatever you need like if you need if you can't get whatever and obviously for security reasons i had everything with me um but like i don't know a pilot called later just to make sure that she was fine that everything was ended up okay and i don't know just the kindness of people that day like that's what i'm trying to hold on to
0: well, now I realize I'm going to cry. Jesus, this is th- – I thought we were having a nice conversation for the first 25 <laughs> minutes. Jeez.
1: Yeah, and we were. We were. We still are because okay. honestly, I don't <laughs> – no, no, no. If I, if I could, I'd pass you a tissue.
0: Um, <laughs> I have them here. Don't worry. I'm used to this. Oh, good.
1: <laughs> okay. Excellent. So I'm not the first one to make you cry. No,
0: no. I um, cry once in a while while I'm doing the – I just don't usually say it. But now you got no. me. The pilot called. The lady's holding <laughs> yeah. the baby doctor misunderstood I mean, seriously, the
1: meter yeah like the, the 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 one thing that i think yeah there's like there's not many things i'm times i'm going to say that diabetes has helped our life um it has added lots of extra stuff to us but the community of people that we have because of it and it started on that day with all these people just being kind nobody having any day was going on but they were just like I'm here, what can I do? And, and, and they just kind of did it with, with love. And, and from that day forward, I mean, the people that, that I find the kindest are the ones that don't know anything about diabetes and are just like, can I give you a hug or bring you a sandwich? It looks like you may not have eaten or slept or I don't know. Like, I love that about this. I love th- I, that's the part I love about diabetes is the the community of people that have kind of band together to help each other figure it all
0: out. I have to agree with that. That's for certain. Oh, geez. Okay. All right. I don't want to hear any more right. diagnosis. <laughs> I want to
1: move no, forward. No, seriously. Yeah. The, good, the good news is like she made it after six or seven days in Canada. My dad was there for most of the time. So he just had a ball with Dahlia. They checked into a hotel and God knows what they did, but they were having a good time. Um, and then we made it to Phoenix and we started to figure it out. But because of the the situation, then I, you know, showed up to Phoenix with my, they gave me an exchange chart for food mm-hmm. in Canada. And so I was like, okay, so I pull whip out this chart in the hospital. And I'm like, so we were told that we're allowed to have one bread that can be exchanged for one, whatever, at breakfast and this. And, and so there had been been a few times of relearning stuff. Yeah. So um, it's just been it's been a challenge because there are a lot of ways one can deal with diabetes. Um, Some obviously better than others, but everybody has their own style. And so it's just been a weird journey of, of going through trying to learn everybody's style because you, obviously you're in a new place. You want to see how they do it, what they can do Um, and and then trying to make it work for you. And so that, I mean, thankfully there's a lot of information out there.
0: Well, I think that one of the, things that your episode is going to really, I hope, drill into people's heads, and it's thanks to your wanderlust, by the way, is that, (laughs) seriously, because you've been in so many different places, and that actually happened during your daughter's diagnosis, is that wherever you are right now, someone's telling you, this is how you do it, and that's not necessarily true. There are a lot of ways people do it. Uh, There are a lot of different considerations that people give, you know, not everybody gets a chart with a Tim Hortons on it that tells you to have a Tim Hortons, take away two breads, you you know, like that. Yeah, no, it's
1: true. Like it was, it was exactly that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, and, and not everybody. I mean, I'm still, you have to understand that when I started this podcast, I I didn't, I knew what pre-bolusing was. I did it for years upon years. And so I still get notes to this day. From new people who are just, their minds are boggled by the idea of using the insulin in a timed fashion. It's, I mean, a-
1: it took us, it took us a year or so to even come to that. Con- like, I, I, it never dawned on me in the beginning because, mm-hmm. I mean, and to be honest, Nora was a picky eater when she was younger. She's better now. But I couldn't count on anything, and but that doesn't mean you couldn't have worked it out some way. Right. I hear of lots of people dealing with that in in ways where you kind of break it up, or you extend, or something like that. If you have a pump or whatever. Yeah. But um, but to tell you the truth, I was I, like, I didn't look for information for a long time. Um, there was a lot of adjustment of trying to get to America and then and then see my parents and be like, okay, so mom and dad. Turns out our summer of fun still will be fun, but there's going to be a little more more to do, um, and then and then doing that again when we came back to to Jordan at the end of the summer and finally seeing Omar and be like, okay, so here is here we are, and we have a lot of new ways of doing things, but then also then organizing that with with what's available here. Um, In Jordan. Uh, so, so taking what we could from America, but then also realizing it had to be tweaked a little bit once we got here.
0: And so he didn't see her for months after she was diagnosed?
1: No, he wow. hasn't been able to get a visa for America for... For a while
0: that's amazing oh i'm sorry
1: so so uh, the choice was we because we we had big talks about this whether we just kind of pick up we see my parents for maybe a week or so and then pick up and come back mm-hmm. and all catch up and and figure this out together or i i spend the summer as planned see my parents Figure it out in America, and and then come back here, and and we decided to make that choice. It'd be less traumatic for the girls to not pull them away from what they were expecting. Well, Nora, at that point, Ellie didn't remember much, obviously. Yeah, I'm but just... so we decided. So we decided to stay, and I, I I can't imagine him making that choice. It was a completely selfless choice on his part.
0: Wow, no, that's really something. I'm I'm and I'm still trying to wrap my head around if I was if Arden was diagnosed in one place. They gave us one set of information, and then I was just time warped somewhere else to another place where they talked about it differently. And just as I was probably beginning to not even understand, but at least get some semblance of like normalcy about it, I go to a different place where a third set of people talk about it a different way as well. And and then you try to meld all that together while you don't know what you're talking about. That seems impossible to me.
1: It was, which is why I think we coasted for, the, for a while. Like we were just like, we were getting by with all of the, like, I can't, well, you must know, obviously like there's just diabetes is so much to process. And then when you're told different ways to process it, like it's just, <laughs> there, there was a wall plus, plus there was just so much else going on. We're just grateful to all be together, to be healthy and, and together. And so we kind of did what we could to, to keep what was normal. Cause I think the one thing, the only thing that was common in those three locations was, but don't worry, you can do everything you want to do. You can have a normal life. You can eat what you want. You can grow up to be whatever you want. You can be happy or healthy. You can be sad or unhappy, but it will all be your choice. You just have to kind of go through it. And I love that message. Like I love it. That is one of the first messages that people tell you. Um, But there's no real, assistance in getting there. Like you just kind of have to keep trying. (laughs) I I, And
0: yeah, I, I hate that, that the idea is espoused without the supporting information, meaning, you know, no one, no one will tell you that that they'll just say like, Oh, this is your basal insulin. Your basal insulin's job is to keep your blood sugar (laughs) stable away from food. Okay, great. No one. And then they say, and this is how much basal insulin you get. It's, it's X amount of units a day. If you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're injecting or they'll set you up on a pump and go okay it's 0. 0.35 an hour this is it mm-hmm. no one ever mentions yeah. that that might be wrong or that it might not be enough or too much or that if the basil's not right then the boluses won't work or, or that we may have set your carb ratio to a classic diet but you're gonna go eat a carb heavier diet or you're gonna have more simple yeah. sugar and that's that's all insane. It, it, it just really is. It's, it's the idea of, I don't know, just t- it's teaching someone to drive a car and telling you, you push that one down to go and you push that one down to stop. And there's really a little more to it than there's some nuance in there. And yeah. uh, the nuance gets lost, as it does, by the way, in everything in life um, when it's being explained or, or disseminated, usually. But nobody even says, hey, listen, this basil is going, they don't, they'll they'll say it may change once in a while, but they won't say it's going to change. You you know, like be aware of that. The first time you see blood sugars that are too high for too long could be the end of your honeymoon. It could be, and I, I get that it's a lot of information, but it seems like important information to me.
1: Well, the thing I wish that people would talk about, and this obviously is worldwide is, so this is what's going on right now but tomorrow may be very different. I know you will have no idea what to do tomorrow, but call me and then keep learning. Here's yeah. some resources. But, like it doesn't even matter like if you want to start with the uh, like an old fashioned book or a, a fold out of like you know carb exchanges. I don't I don't care whatever information you want to give them. But if if the the idea that what I left with the hospital was going to when to pick a hospital, it doesn't matter cuz they all it all felt the same that that was that was law. That was right, and and whatever was happening was something else. Or you know, it's diabetes, and it's just it's really hard. So there's going to be some roller coasters. Yeah. Um, well, and that's that's sad. I find I find I find the the idea of the fixed the fixedness of diabetes especially in this age where you can have the technology to sort things out a lot faster. You have test strips that you can use. You have Dexcom, you have all the CGMs and the pumps that can, can help you figure out, figure out what you need to do to extend insulin or to to watch your blood sugar to catch things that you would never have been able to catch before. Like with that technology, there should be a disclosure saying there's a lot of new things going to be coming your way. It's not just ideas about food, but it's technology. It's, it's your kid's body as they grow or change through this disease, but also through life. Like if you could, if you could tell anybody something important, you should say that, yes, the kid can do anything, but everything that they do is going to cause a change in their body and just watch out for it.
0: And the, the, I find the bigger issue around that is that they'll tell you, you know, oh, today, you know, nothing to, today might not be like tomorrow, might not be like the next day. And that somehow gets distilled down and translated into diabetes. You never know what's going to happen. So just ride it out instead of the idea that, you know, today there was more stress or less activity or you ate this food instead of that food. 10 carbs, this isn't going to impact you the way 10 carbs, that does. There's so much in there that's easy to understand if you hear it. But instead, they give you this magical idea that, oh, there's nothing you can do about this. It's just going to happen and you're going to have to let it happen. And once someone tells you that, especially in a life where until then medication has likely meant to you two of these every six hours, one of these every morning. Uh, You you know what I mean? Like, And then that's it. You don't think about it again. When you see an algorithm manipulate insulin – and you see it take it away and give it back and add more and bring it away. When you see that happen, you realize that a static basal rate and a static idea of how to give insulin for foods is archaic at this point.
1: Well, it totally is like I'm gonna tell you, like it was shocking. We came back here and we saw a doctor, not not our current doctor in Jordan, but a different one. And this was after Canada, the first place that didn't give us a fixed fixed anything. They were, they were just telling us what to dose. Like I would call them and say, okay, we're going to eat this for lunch. And they'd give me insulin because they knew I was traveling. So they were just helping me to get to the next place. And then America, there was nothing fixed either. It was eat what you want and then do it on this. I think it was a sliding scale or a ratio. I can't remember how it was in the beginning because things have changed a million times. We got here and he's like, so based on her weight, she'll have this much basil Um, which is her heaviest meal of the day. Okay. So she'll have one unit for breakfast. She can have only this at lunch. She'll have two units and at dinner she'll have one unit Um, because lunch is the heavy meal here. And um, that's that. And I'm like, I looked at him and I'm like, but we've been doing it differently. And that seems like a really rigid lifestyle. Why, why do we have, why do we have to do that for such a young kid? And there was no answer. And there were lots of tears once we left that doctor's office Mm -hmm. Um, because that just, that seemed really, really wrong um, to have to to take away the freedom of all that. Um, But yeah, when you have all the, when you have all the technology, there should be, there should be freedom of choice. There should be, but with that responsibility, like there's no way a pancreas does nothing. Like it doesn't just sit on his back. Cause I know at the beginning when we started doing all these things and Nora was actually doing really well um, with like her time and range and things were, things were going better. You could see she was feeling better. Omar looked at me and he's like, well, this is, this is a lot of work. Isn't this too much work for you for, for us? Cause the brunt of it falls on me. Cause he travels so much that I've kind of taken on the, the, the scope of diabetes. And then when he's here, he kind of if things have changed, she kind of relearns where 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 things have changed, and mm-hmm. then he kind of jumps back in. Um, and I'm like, well, I mean, your pancreas doesn't stop, and my pancreas doesn't stop, and yeah, it's a lot of work, but like, it, she's healthy. Right.
0: I um, you know, as you're talking, I I realize I must be a fool uh, because this all seems so obvious to me, and I'm I've been in the past kind of thrown off by the fact that it wasn't obvious to other people. And now I realize maybe it's, maybe it's just not obvious. I, I just, it, it, it was obvious to me at some point that this needed some sort of a fluid management style. Um, but I might really be in the, um, in the minority still around the world. Well,
1: I, I yeah, I just think that if, there's, there's a lot of training that goes into small kids worldwide that if an authority figure tells you something, that it's the right thing. Like, like, and not in a bad way, like yeah. they're not purposely trying to mislead you. But if your doctor says, this is what you need very much like when Nora was diagnosed or any of the first doctors that this is the right amount of insulin. And it, maybe it was at one point the right amount of insulin. And then she just, she changed and she needed more or less or whatever. Um, I, I, I had a hard time questioning that. Now my head wasn't exactly in a place where I could take on a huge new challenge for a while. And that was understanding what was going on and, and actually diving into and figuring out, you know, glycemic index or, or any of the things about macros or whatever else. And and it's taken me a long time to get there, but I wasn't, I was, I was in a place where I think I was looking for the answer to be like what they tell you in the beginning, insulin or carbs, you figure them out, you give the insulin, you do the math right with whatever the doctors say. And that gives you the answer. You circle it and you t- you turn it into the teacher. Yeah. Like I was at a place where I wanted that to be the answer. Mm. And obviously it's not, I get that. I understand that. And so you combine the fact that maybe you have parents and caregivers that are, are having a hard time with it, with doctors that have done this for ages. This is the way it was done before you had ways to watch graphs before you had ways to figure anything else out. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a hard change to make. It's taken me a long time to make it and like a lot of work. Would it have and, been
0: easier in hindsight, like in hindsight, if um, I'm not, I'm not trying to pump up the podcast. I just, as an example, like in hindsight, if somebody would have if left the hospital with you and said, look, this is going to take you a couple of months, but every day I want you to listen to an episode of this and 2 months yeah. from now you'll be done. Do you think you would have skipped over a lot of that turmoil?
1: I don't know. I hope so. I would I would like to think I would. Um because then I probably would have had a project to focus on as opposed to memories. <laughs> yeah. Um because because I left I left with um like this wonderful goodie bag of ladies who knit like a quilt for Nora and like these these Christmas lights that this lady gave Nora because Nora liked Chris like I don't know like I left with these memories and these 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 kindness and this gesture and I got stuck there for a really long time. And so I wasn't I I wasn't ready to I, I think personally I wasn't ready to to move on for for the challenge part of diabetes. I call it what you will and, and it might have been some version of denial I guess. But um I don't know like at the same time I really didn't think to look somewhere else. Yeah. I, I, In my mind, there was no way that if a doctor said do this and they said that her results are within range of what is what is right according to the pediatric, uh, diabetic, whatever whatever the Those guidelines. Out, things yeah. are. Yeah, the guidelines. If it was in that range, like, yes, I'm the type of person that would like to strive to do better, but I wasn't in a place to do so. Um, so I don't know, I don't know how I would have, I don't know. I would, I would like to think that I would have, yeah. I would like to have think that if, if somebody gave me a book earlier, that was a little bit more current rather than dated. Um, did Nora if, just if, feel
0: sick to you? Like, did you think yeah. she, I have a sick kid and she'll be sick yeah. forever?
1: No. Oh, you mean um, like on the airplane? No, or, no. Or I mean, in
0: general, like once you're home and you don't have any real knowledge of what you're doing, do you just have that like uh, underlying feeling like, oh, I have a child who's going to have maladies and and, and struggle?
1: No. No, it didn't Nora, feel like that. Okay. Nor nor is nor is something else. Yeah. She is bold and she is spirited and she's creative and like I don't know. Nothing holds her back. Like yeah. she just, she goes and, and the whole summer, like I would look at her and I, I'd be like, wow, how did you just go through that? And I just went through that. And I looked like a train ran over me and you're like, jumping in the pool with Barbie. Like, I don't understand. Like I want that.
0: <laughs> so it all seemed, it still seemed very possible. You, you weren't like, you weren't in a, in no, a place it did like, it. totally
1: did. And that's, and that's part of the reason why, like why I think I, I, I got through because if this doesn't affect her, Like, this is her body. This is going to be her life forever. Um, It shouldn't, I shouldn't project the way I feel about my experience of that same event onto you so that you have taken on my experience. Because if you don't have that experience, I don't want you to have it. I wouldn't want anybody to have that. Um, But especially her.
0: You're a smart lady, Jen. You were able to figure through all that while you were still like, Somebody felt like you scrambled your brain, I would imagine.
1: <laughs> well, like I said, the only thing I want out of all of this is her to do whatever she wants in life. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't care what it is. Like, if she decides that she wants to move to Paris and paint the Eiffel Tower every day, and that makes her happy and she's able to do it, by all means. Right. If she wants to become a doctor and you know, solve all the world's problems, also fine with me. Like, but I don't want to be the reason for for stopping her. And at that point in time it felt like my my emotions about all of this could easily have been turned into to hers.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I do think it's important not to project because you're having a completely different experience than than your kids. Well, like
1: for the longest time she had um one of those, you know, those baby pouches with the blueberries and apples or whatever. And the last thing I think she remembers on the airplane was throwing that up, and there was blueberry pouch all over the 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 towel the the blanket that they gave her, mm-hmm. um, and it was nasty. And for the longest time, if anybody asked her, "Yes, I have type one diabetes," a uh, blueberry pouch gave it to me. Um, I mean, she was three she was three and a half, like and she she was trying her best to figure it out. But it took me a very long time to convince her that she did not get diabetes from eating this particular pouch on this plane ride. Oh, that's so. Yeah,
0: that's cute and understandable. By the way, I I for a very long time thought KFC made my appendix explode. (laughs) I didn't really. But it was like I was driving home one day trying to rush home for the kids. Middle of the day, I was out doing something. You know how us moms are. We're running around all day doing stuff. So I'm out doing something. I'm driving home trying to be on time for the kids to get home from school. I'm viciously hungry. I whip through a drive-thru and I grab just chicken, like little chicken pieces. And I'm throwing them in as I'm driving. And then four or five hours later, I'm calling an ambulance. And I couldn't, I mean, not that I am a KFC person to begin with. But if you get me anywhere near it, I'm like, oh no 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 no! That made one of my body parts explode, <laughs> and I have like a very visceral reaction to it.
1: Uh, I'm assuming that's exactly the same as as she felt. No, I think we moved on from that because Dahlia had a pouch the other day, and Nora asked for one. So, and with no comment about
0: blueberries gave me diabetes.
1: She's going to give you diabetes <laughs> yeah. or something? Yeah, exactly. So I think we moved on. But but like, yeah, it was a long time before she she understood that it wasn't that.
0: Yeah. Jen, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to? Because this was very emotional. I need to get away from you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I get it. It's a lot. Like I said, it took me a long time to get here. Um, no, it, it no, that
0: is. You feel better now. Things are smooth. You you understand what you're doing, yeah. and and that and more or I, less.
1: Yeah, we have our moments, but yeah, we 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 know what we're doing, and we know it's going to change, and we're okay. We're together. Yeah. We're happy. That's that's what matters more than almost anything else.
0: Well, you said something in the very beginning that I find to be pivotal, which is you know, you trust that what you know is going to happen is going to happen, and then those things that you expect to happen begin to be your outcomes, and then you feel like, ooh, I did that on purpose this is mm-hmm. this is good. I made a decision about insulin and what I thought was going to happen happen, that's good. now if it if it if it later doesn't happen that way, you can at least say to yourself, well, I know this wasn't me. So what are the other influences here that that it could have been? It opens up your abilities to diagnose on the go, I think. It yeah. sounds like you're at that.
1: Yeah, we are. Okay. We are. We're doing well. We're in the process of – she's so She's so proud. She's trying to do it herself. So she's got to watch now, and she's um, getting text messages from me or from Omar, and she'll give herself insulin, and she'll give herself um, – juice or Skittles or whatever she needs at the moment or check her finger. And, and so she's in the process of trying to figure out (laughs) how many carbs are in things. So we had, I I think it was a quesadilla or something the other day. And she looked at me and she's like looking at the plate. So mom, this looks like 400 carbs. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, now, now we have our next project to work on. So now we're trying to transfer, um, (laughs) transfer the information from me (laughs) to her. Cause Lord knows there's not 400 carbs in, um, quesadilla as, as long <laughs> as long as
0: her pump has that little um that safety thing where it can't give her too much insulin uh, oh god
1: it does it does but but i see her trying so so there have been a few you know missed boluses and a few missed things because she's trying to figure out how to do it and she wants to the minute she doesn't want to we'll, we'll pull back but she's at home and i think this is kind of a fun challenge for her to get out so she's got her calculator now and she's trying to I'll give her the carb counts in certain things and she'll kind of add them together and put that in there and then check it with me. So it's been a, fun, it's a, it's a fun new phase. It's going to be challenging. I know, but
0: well, I, the way I did it with Arden is, and I still do it is we put a plate out or whatever she's having and I'll be like, how many carbs do you think that is? And then mm-hmm. I have my guess and then she guesses and I tell her what I thought. And then we usually go with what she said just to see what'll happen and, you know, unless she's way off and I'll be like, no, nah, I think it's more or I don't you
1: know, think we're less. going with 400 carbs. No,
0: no. Yeah. No, you know, what, Arden, not 400. <laughs> uh, but but it, it's that's a good idea.
1: I like that. It's a we'll very
0: simple way over time. Like it's not going to pay. This is not a process that will pay you back in three days, um, but it'll pay you back over years when Diabetes eventually not
1: pay back quickly. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly. Eventually you just see the plate and you're like, that's 70 done. And, and let's mm-hmm. go. Arden had a really, she's has her period right now. And so she's mm-hmm. had like a really carb heavy day yesterday. Like We used a lot of insulin yesterday and uh, she was good. She did a good job of, um of understanding how much she was eating. And, and, and at this point too, in my mind, it's a blend of how many carbs are actually there uh, and how many, how much insulin it's actually going to take? Like, I don't really care about the carb count as much as I care about. Like that looks like I, she, Arden had a bolus yesterday. It was 16 units. So yeah.
1: Yeah. We're not there yet. Yeah, that would be the 400 happens, carbs for Nora. That'll freak you um, out when
0: that happens the first time.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah see, that's the, that's the problem where we're trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to transfer this to her, obviously not fully or, or even partially yet, but if she's having a good, stable, predictable day, whatever, then, or at that period of time when she's trying to eat, then no problem. I don't mind her guessing her carbs and putting it in. But if she's about to have PE or if she's just finishing her school or something like that and it's different, I, yeah. yeah when she, the variables
0: pop up that they can't yeah, grasp yet. Yeah, that those are,
1: those are in my head. Those are things I feel or know. Those aren't things that she knows yet. Um so, well, listen, yeah, we'll I there. think
0: you're using one of the most important diabetes parenting tools that exists that people don't think about all the time, and it's texting. Well,
1: it's a, it's as a, I, it has been revolutionary. Yep. This year, when we had school, um, first of all, her ability to read and write obviously has taken off, and so she's able to. Um, last year, she wasn't there yet with this, um, but – covid at home and she's had a lot more tech time on her school ipad or whatever so she understands how it's all working and she she enjoys that she enjoys having the independence she gets to have playdates by herself without me she gets to do things and and i think that has been a huge incentive for her yeah. to want to kind of take some of her time back or i don't have to go pop into her room when she's you know wanting to just rest or read a book or whatever That's exciting. i can just send her a message and she'll do it by herself
0: i i think it's um it just, it can't be, it can't be stressed enough how helpful texting is for all of that stuff. The the feeling a little, um, you know, autonomous and being able to make adjustments more quickly, yeah. especially like the idea of going to the nurse's office is like an antiquated idea for me.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? Um, yeah,
1: well, it's hard right now too. Like the nurse, obviously her 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 health center is... For for sick people, like they've, they've blocked everything off because they wanted to have a well clinic and a sick clinic. And so to to have to try to take Nora somewhere to check her blood sugar or to give insulin is just right now impossible. So the fact that she's willing to do this by herself, she has, you know, fantastic teachers that have supported her and, and double checked to make sure that it's going well while she's busy at school or whatever. But it's been it's been really great.
0: Jen, you have a really good attitude. I appreciated this conversation very much. Uh, except for Thank the part in the middle where you made me sad and upset at the same time, and I felt <sighs> nervous and anxious, and by the way, gained a completely new um, appreciation for action stars because you certainly were not Bruce Willis in that moment on the plane. You were just like, Ugh. and I, I would have been too. Just so you know, I'm just saying that I think those movies aren't real, Jen. <laughs>
1: no, no, there's no way. Like, I don't see it. Like, maybe there's a few people that would spring into action. And I was like, Oh, no, no. Okay, I've
0: been alive almost 50 years. And I've not once seen anybody act like Bruce Willis didn't die hard. And you would think by now Fair I would have seen one person. <laughs> I think we all do about what you did. We're like somebody hold my baby you're a stranger here take it and no, the
1: thing is I did I didn't the baby was asleep in the little bed that oh. they have you know on the airplane she offered when she woke up she came to me and she's like I have a, I'm a mom I have five kids or four kids or something and you look like you need some time with your other kids so can I just please take her for you wow. like it was the kindest thing.
0: Wow, a nice sexually liberal woman helped you with your baby. Five kids. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they, they, it was her and her husband. It was their vacation. They were going home. I, like I don't know this. I remember the weirdest things about this trip because yeah. I literally I I do not know the name of the city we landed in. But this lady, like I know her life story. She told me once. She called me a few times afterwards. Like kindness, absolute kindness.
0: That's lovely. Very nice. All right. See, there's goodness in the world. Everybody. Uh, All you have to do is go into DKA over a body of water in an airplane to find it.
1: (laughs) You know, if you can't find it there, then you're really not going to find it anywhere.
0: First, I want to thank Jen for coming on the show and sharing that story and for making me nervous. I want to also thank the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, which you can learn more about at Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. And of course, Omnipod. And that free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash that you might be eligible for? Head over to Omnipod.com forward slash Juicebox. Last, of course, but never least, touchedbytype1.org. There are links in the show notes of the podcast player that you're listening to right now or at juiceboxpodcast.com. If you're listening in a podcast app, please hit subscribe or follow. If you're enjoying the show and think you know someone else who might enjoy it too, let them know about it. If you really love the show and you have this beautiful five-star review pen up inside of you that you just can't wait to let out, do that wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. Are you looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes? Don't forget they're at episode 210 or at diabetesprotip.com. You can also find them at juiceboxpodcast.com. There are so many to choose from. Get started today.